This is our third episode of season two of Community Reimagined, a podcast from United Way of Greater Chattanooga. Uh, you all know by now our, our mission is that we believe everyone in our community deserves an equal opportunity to thrive in their daily lives. That's why we created a community-driven podcast to unite people with resources to help build a stronger, healthier community. Once a month, we expose and explore issues facing our community, uh, connect with leaders who are working to address them, and invite you to engage with your community as someone who's ready to make an impact. I'm Connor Tarter. I'm the host of the podcast. Uh, I'm also the Director of Marketing Communications here at United Way of Greater Chattanooga. Um, and uh, as we're in the middle of you know uh, reviewing our volunteer uh, uh, community investment uh, applications, uh, we wanted to highlight, celebrate, and transparently share the changes in our community investments process, uh, the total requests from applicants, and our thorough volunteer, dependent, and uh, led review process. Uh, so just a little bit of background. Back in 2017, our historical allocations process underwent an innovative uh, process to move from transactional to transformational impact and investments. Uh, working alongside our historically funded partners and community advocates, we embarked on a design journey to reimagine mutual power sharing and accountability through resource investment. We worked closely with historically funded partners to ensure a step-down process maintained the trust we all worked to build throughout the years uh, while also preparing to build new bridges of trust with new partnering organizations. This change uh, helped to move us uh, from incremental impact to community transformation, increased flexibility for our partners, uh, support for innovation and risk-taking, investing in performance and shared learning, empowering partner agencies beyond the dollar, and encouraging greater cross-sector and inter-sector collaboration. And now, after five years in this transition, we have successfully launched our open, competitive, and inclusive grant application process to all 501c3 organizations in our six-county footprint. We had an amazing response and turnout from applicants this year, and our guests today are excited to, to share with you their experience with that. So with that being said, uh, I'd like to introduce our guest for today, uh, Dr. Edna Varner. Uh, she is a United Way board member, community advocate, co-chair of Com Community Investments Committee, and most recently uh, was honored by the Kiwanis Club of Chattanooga with the 2021 Distinguished Service Award. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Brian Bolu, uh, Interim Director of Community Investments, and Terrence Brown returns to the podcast, Community Investments Coordinator. Uh, so before we get started, I'd love to just go around in that order and you guys can tell me a little bit about yourselves. Well, I'm so excited to be here first because I've been a part of United Way for many years, serving on the board and then rotating off because of term limits, but still finding some way to serve. Uh, United Way is such a gift to this community, and a great gift to me was the opportunity to be a part of United Way Reimagined. I've served on a number of boards doing really good work, great causes, but we had not been challenged before to reimagine the kind of impact we could have. And so it's been exciting to me the way this is evolving and the affirmation we're getting from the community with just the number of applications. That means so many more folks are choosing to reimagine what they could do. Yeah, and as of last week, at the time of this recording, uh, I've been named interim director of uh, community investments. But I've been at United Way for three years, uh, mostly as a data manager, working on various projects and 
before coming to United Way and to Chattanooga three years ago, I spent 14 years uh, at Mississippi State University working for a research center uh, dealing around social science uh, research. Uh, so I spent a lot of time as a data manager there as well as uh, doing some spatial mapping and, and analysis. But um, yeah, as Dr. Barner said, this is an incredible opportunity for our community and we're, we're excited at uh, the direction we're heading. Yeah, and uh, at the time of this recording, I've officially been back in Chattanooga for six months. Uh, I'm getting used to the allergies and the pollen, uh, but otherwise, uh, just uh, I've been doing nonprofit work and uh, uh, government and volunteer service work for a number of years now. Uh, I work with everyone from um, uh, small school children to previously uh, uh, incarcerated uh, individuals. Um, giving back and make, trying to impact people's lives uh, is something that's always hit home with me. Uh, like my old professor used to, say, uh, used to tell us in grad school, we're not in it for the money, so I'm really about like truly like serving the people. Uh, so it's uh, always good. Uh, in United Way, Greater Chattanooga, uh, you know, it's a perfect fit uh, when I came back and uh, moved to Chattanooga. Well, thank you all for being here, Terrence. Thank you for coming back on the podcast. Uh, loved having you the last time. I think it was one of our better episodes, so excited to have you here. Um, um, and so, you know, with, with all that being said, you know, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Edna, uh, would you share from a volunteer perspective uh, what it's been like to be involved with this community investments transition process? I can tell you that I was serving on two boards the first time uh, we got information from United Way about this transition. And for years, the boards had an allocation. Uh, we expected it, we wrote it into our budget, and we did some really good work. But all of a sudden, we were being asked to move from good to great, not to be cliche, and to reimagine what we could do um, with the opportunity to get even more resources in our annual allocation. And one of the boards was a little nervous and we decided to go with the plan to get your regular allocation, which would diminish over time. And one of the boards decided to go for it, to dream big, to dream bold. And that organization applied the very first year, took the risk, and actually uh, got funded at a higher level than we had been. And then over time, more and more boards were trusting the process, loving the challenge to reimagine the work. And so now serving on this committee, I see two things. Number one, I see people being bolder in what they're asking to do. And I see groups applying that never applied before. And that has a lot to do with all of the processes we have in place to make sure their great ideas actually get into a proposal form and get submitted. So I'm really excited about that. And the committee itself, we, like any other committee said, we're going to be really efficient, we're going to do our homework, read the proposals, and we're gonna get out of here in an hour. It was a marathon. <laughs> because for one thing, the proposals were so great, and we could see 
the effect of having the United Way help folks all along, especially folks who had never applied before. And that committee was so uh, inspired by the work that was going on. We were in that meeting for hours trying to squeeze every dollar so that we could support all of the good work. And so I've just been excited about uh, the meetings. Uh, when I know we're going to meet, I just allocate, I clear my schedule so we can have all the time. But that's what it should be about. Community investment should be exciting for both the applicants and for the donors. Absolutely. So, you know, Brian, we, we've been talking a lot uh, this year um, and over the last several years about trust-based philanthropy. Um, you know, this, this being the value that has kind of guided and, and built the foundation for this transition. So it, just tell me a little bit about trust-based philanthropy and, and how it's contributed to, to building the foundation of this process. Yeah, when it comes to grant making, there are basically six guiding principles, and these all come from the Trust-Based Philanthropy Project, which I encourage everybody who uh, works in the nonprofit sector to go, go to that website and check it out. Basically, six guiding principles are working towards uh, systemic equity, redistributing power, uh, relationship-centered, partner in a spirit of service, be accountable, and embrace learning. And you know, at United Way, we've probably done all those things to various degrees, right? But now we have this system and guidance tool to, to really make a um, direct impact in those areas. Um, and there's many ways to go about doing that, but recent, a recent examples, Terrence and I recently, just we just randomly reached out to, to different partners you know, checked up on them. How are, how are you guys doing? Is there anything uh, we at United Way can provide as far as resources? Because um, at the end of the day, that's what we're about at United Way is you know, linking uh, folks with resources throughout the community. And they really appreciated us doing that. And that's just one example of how we want to continue to, to build trust. Because um, at the end of the day, what we don't want to be are the hall monitors you know, or the big brothers, right? We don't want a situation where every time a partner hears from us, it's only because we're asking for something of them. Hey, where's this report? We need X, Y, and Z from you guys. Can you please send it over? That's to us. That's not building a relationship centered around trust, and uh, not the approach we, we wish to take. So, at the end of the day, we have some work to continue doing. But uh, Terrence and I are both excited to get out there, meet folks, uh, learn about their work, and how their work is truly impacting the community. And that's what we'll continue to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you can see, you know, how that has. Uh, paid off already, you know, just the equitable approach that we're taking here as well as, you know, not leaving anyone behind and really creating strong partnerships with the nonprofits. I think we've, we've seen, I mean, I've seen just anecdotally, you know, how the, the response has gone. And, and so that's a, is a great segue, uh, Terrence, you, you just share us, uh, with, with us a little bit about our current standings in this process and walk us through, you know, launching the applications, how you engaged with interested organizations and this new framework and, and what our current you know, totals and applicants look like. Yeah, so uh, I'll just actually that last one first. Uh, so like you said at the top of the hour, uh, Connor, um, it's uh, incredible because this is the first year where we've opened up the grant application uh, to all nonprofits with a 501c3 status. Uh, with the latest charter date being January 1st, 2019 to uh, all of them in the Greater Chattanooga area. Uh, I don't know if it's been announced already, but 
If not, I'll announce it. Uh, but I'm proud to say that we received uh, 140 applications uh, from 106 different uh, organizations, uh, which is incredible. Uh, out of uh, all of these requests, $12.2 million uh, you know, is the total amount, with 81 of those requests being from the Impact Fund and uh, 59 of those requests being for the Catalyst Fund. Uh, as far as like the actual pro application process itself, uh, we launched a new application with uh, guidelines and measurements on January, January 4th, uh, and we heavily communicated across uh, all streams of our network, from foundations to local uh, partners and boards, uh, our Venture Forward network, uh, whatever you name it, and uh, you know, we really hit the ground and try to get the word out. Uh, thanks to uh, a lot of amazing feedback from uh, our uh, partner, uh, historically funded partners and uh, a lot of community members, uh, we revamped the process uh, because we really want uh, organizations to uh, be able to access it. Well, while still being competitive, we didn't want it to be, uh, we didn't want it to be an unnecessary burden uh, in trying to uh, serve the community. Uh, the two funds that were uh, organizations could apply to were the Impact Fund and the Catalyst Fund. Uh, in a nutshell, the Impact Fund is a competitive grant with a collaborative and transformational work to a lot of the systematic issues we face as a community, while the Catalyst Fund is almost like that grassroots build, uh, build from the ground up kind of uh, work or is capacity building. In other words, it's organizations being more effective in what they, uh, in the way they're structured so they can be more effective than what they do. We had pretty much three main steps, the eligibility quiz, the letter of intent, and the final application. And we designed it that way because we want organizations to be able to spend as much time as possible uh, to be able to apply while also making sure that they are aligned with our framework while also more importantly uh, making sure that they are able to meet the needs of our uh, greater Chattanooga community. Uh, we have office hours for organizations who had uh, questions regarding the grant process every Tuesday and Thursday which was incredible because we had a lot of participants who had great questions, questions that we didn't even think of uh, and it was uh, it not only helps us in the long term as far as like uh, again eliminating those barriers but it also uh, relieves some stress from those organizations who uh, had different questions. I had one uh, uh, individual who called and they were absolutely stressed. They said I'm applying to 20 grants <laughs> for a short time period. I have so many questions I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to submit it on time. Uh, because of those office hours, we were able to address all those questions, reassure her, and she was so happy at the end of the conversation. It was, it was, it was yeah, really those office great. hours have been huge. Yeah, they, they really were huge. Uh, and uh, we had a huge increase in the number of applications uh, outside of Hamilton County, which has always been our largest uh, areas of requests. Last year, only uh, we only funded three organizations from Marion and Sequatchie counties. This year, we received over 41 applications uh, to serve those two counties. So that's incredible. 
and the largest area requests within the steps of success framework, which I'll address that, but that's literally the core component of our uh, new grant application process. But the largest area request within our steps to success framework has been focused on college and career uh, readiness and basic needs. And in a nutshell, our steps to success framework is basically how we measure organizations' projects and their work from all the way from birth to adulthood, and I would argue even to those senior years, to make sure they focus on our three pillars, education, health, and uh, stability. And in other words, it's a, it's almost like a, like a ruler or a check to make sure that those, the solutions uh, that organizations produce are tackling those key areas and those different stages of life for the people uh, we serve. Yeah, so I think that's a great jumping off point to talk a little bit about the, the volunteers behind the uh, the judgment of these applications because I think that that's you know one of the most crucial elements of this um, being that you know it's not us here at United Way it's not our staff that's you know reviewing these applications and determining where the the resources go you know, we've got the, this great group of volunteers that that manage that for us so Brian can you talk a little bit about the importance of the review process in general and, and how that's volunteer driven and dependent yeah absolutely it's Important to, to note, as you said, Connor, that you know, not always staff. We're completely removed from the decision-making process, and uh, I think that's an important component because it is volunteer-driven, right? So essentially, uh, dollars are raised from the six counties in, in our footprint, and volunteers are recruited from those same six counties. They are the ones who decide how those dollars are ultimately distributed uh, within our community, and we just we just believe that incorporating community voice into this process is just absolutely necessary and we will continue um, to, to have that model moving forward. Um, essentially, uh, as Terrence mentioned, you know, we, this year we've got a number of applications, uh, over 140 I believe you said, and um, basically United Way's role here is, is to set up volunteers for success. So we had multiple training opportunities with them. Uh, we set up some, some guardrails for them, and those trainings included things like uh, how to use the technology to ultimately score and judge these applications. Uh, we set them up uh, with the Steps to Success framework, like, hey, pay attention to these maybe key components, how they match up uh, with the Steps to Success. We also introduced something around biases. So we all bring biases to the table, right, and we have to recognize those. Uh, and we want our volunteers to recognize that as well, um, how to identify them and if any conflicts of interest may uh, pop up. So example would be if I had a family member who started a nonprofit, I should probably remove myself from the, yeah. from the uh, scoring or reviewing of, of that. And so we, we ask them you know, to volunteer to, to, to flag that if, that if that becomes an issue. So once we set that up for them, we get out of the way and let the volunteers do their thing. And uh, they've been great. We're really excited um, with the work they've done. Uh, the process is actively happening, and uh, I believe there's over 100 volunteers that, mm -hmm. that are actively serving uh, between the Volunteer Advocates Committee, uh, the Community Investments Committee, and then um, we, had, we had some others do financial, yeah, reviews. financial reviews, right? Uh, but once they've all completed their work, that gets submitted to the United Way's Board of Directors for approval, and uh, 
yeah, go go live from there. And our cycle kicks off on July 1st, and uh, we will be announcing the awardees right before that. What another tremendous segue <laughs> to <laughs> to Edna. Uh, as a board member, uh, community advocate, volunteer yourself, uh, what is your call to action for our audience for the future of impacting our collective community through community investments? Because I attended a breakfast last week, <laughs> and the speaker talked about thinking differently, and I think, and that's what this whole transition has been about. He was so affirming because he suggested two questions. We're already answering those two questions. I was already prepared to take notes and start doing it. Uh, one of the questions is, "What if?" and that's what we decided to do. What if? What if we encouraged more people to apply? And what if we set up office hours and answered their questions and removed some of the barriers? And what if we challenged the folks in our community to reimagine good work and make it more impactful? The other question he told us to ask is, what, uh, who else? Who else is doing the work that you are trying to do? And so we encourage people to look around at others. But also, we ask them to look at the work that the United Way is already doing and think about how they can maximize their efforts. Uh, with our program, 211, the work we do with Venture Forward, so that people are not out there reinventing the wheel unless it's a wheel that needs reinventing. And so as I sat there, I thought, oh my gosh, this is the United Way playbook. This is exactly what we're doing with community investment. So the call to action is for all of us to keep asking, what if? And then who else has the same cause? And who else can help us maximize the work we're doing? Tremendous. Edna, Brian, Terrence, thanks for all that you do uh, for the community and, and for being here today to, to be on this podcast. Folks, thank you for listening along. Uh, to learn more about United Way of Greater Chattanooga, you can go to www.unitedwaycha.org to find out how you can give, advocate, or volunteer. We'll see you next episode.